Amazing game. We've got time here on The Breakfast Show. You're with Lyle and Daniel this morning as Lawson is away at the snow. And Monica's come down with the COVID. Keep her in prayers. Uh, but right now we're going to... Uh, head into, well, we're about to head into our Bible study, but before we do, we're going to have another question for our quiz. We are. This one should be a little bit easier. Who was the son of Boaz and Ruth in Matthew's genealogy of Jesus? If you're paying attention in the book of Matthew and you've been through it a few times and you've stayed up, it, it's important. This is important. People the genealogy quite often, of Jesus. People quite often just go, oh, yeah, it's just names and, and gloss over it and whatever else. These things are important because it really helps push an understanding of how God preserved the lineage from Adam all the way through. All right. Did anyone get bragging rights? Producer Shell, did anyone get bragging rights? No one picked the theme. Okay, let me just, I'm going to run through the, I'm going to run through the, the songs in the first hour. See if you can pick what the theme is. The first one was called, called Grit and Grace. The second one was called Trust and Obey. The second one was called Glory and Honor. The next one was called Softly and Tenderly, and the last one was Meekness and Majesty. What was the theme? It's too the subtle. The first it's hour. too, too subtle. So they'll be <sighs> looking at Christology gonna... themes. They'll be looking at different, oh, trust and obey. What does that go? How does that go with meekness? And it's just... <laughs> Come on, you're giving too much away now. <laughs> you're giving way too much away. It's, it's really simple, people. Put it down to its basest. <laughs> don't, this is the only time it's I'd Monday, say don't right? do it's a deep Monday. dive. It it's is. Monday, so we're not going deep. Yeah, no, don't. No, it's just no, Monday. No. This is surface. This is so surface level. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's go to text messages. We've got uh, Julia here who's listening from Adelaide on the way to work. Parked up to answer the quiz. Well done. Glad to see that you are obeying the law. Praise the Lord. Now, we've got uh, a bunch of text messages about the news stories. So let's get into these. Let's see if we can. I think there's going to be some interesting discussion here. Uh, Producer Shell's got a finger on the quiet Daniel's microphone button if they start <laughs> talking about bail conditions and I go on a rant. <laughs> okay, so the chip bag project's leaving bags for homeless God-blessed inventor. When you think about it, was the Holy Spirit who gives ideas to people who want to help humanity. Amen. And that is the simple reality. The Bible says that. You've got the example of uh, Bezalel and Aholiab who were filled with the Holy Spirit for getting ideas to be creative and to build stuff. Great. Well, I mean, no, nothing is new. All the everything in the world, all the ideas and understanding comes from God. So it's yes. just an extension of His knowledge. So then there was Elliot Milton, who was fixing cars for people. All good things come from God, and God uses good people to do good things. God bless him. Lyle, I would like to order my car. Whenever you are ready, preferably before <laughs> the second coming. <laughs> yeah, you can prefer it before the second coming. It doesn't mean it will come before the second coming. We've started an impromptu ministry now that you're going to have to answer for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so this one's, this one's about that bail story. So Greg rolls in the bail condition for protesting. Surely we can see where this is leading to. He was obviously standing for his beliefs. He was, his mm -hmm. ideology. Yeah. So he's got a certain ideology, and his ideology causes him to protest in a way that hurts others. So I disagree with it. But anyway, that's what he was doing. Are we going to stand for hours in the near future? Do you do know what they are going that what what they are going not uh, what they are going not only call us but also they will do to us? Yep. 
headings. And I read that as it was written. <laughs> <laughs> I think we get the. English. I think we get the point. I think we get the point here. But what was interesting, you know, and I just want to come back on this one, Daniel, because we didn't really get time to spend time on it. But this guy is in breach of his bail conditions if he likes a post. Yep. On social media. It's an extreme form. I mean, when bail conditions are presented before the court, essentially the prosecution will come up with an idea of what, what restrictions they want put on the person. The, quite often the sergeants in the charge rooms will come out and say, what bail conditions do you want? Yes. You can say to them, you know, don't uh, don't go within 500 metres of a house. Don't contact this person under any means necessary unless through legal representation. Don't. There's even extreme ones of don't go into this entire township. Sure. Stay out of an, uh, go, stay out of an entire state. Yes. But to get to a point where it's... Even even the simple, the tiniest little action of pressing a like button on social media, that's one of the most extreme ones that I've heard of. I mean, as far as, you know, produce your laptop, produce your phone on demand and give us the passwords. Quite common when it comes to particular offences. Yep. Um, that sounds, that sounds, uh, that sounds entirely reasonable, particularly, well, let's name them and call them child-related offences. Correct. Yep. Very common. Um, so this is nothing unusual, but I thought when he when when he was restricted from liking something, okay, so that's restricting a person from liking something that you know obviously is associated with the ideology. And this to me had that feel of brainwashing, and it's also you, you know they're starting to control the way that you think and yeah. what you are allowed to like and what you are not allowed to like, so that hopefully you will over time start to like something else. That was just that's just the kind of feel that's got to it. I'm just sort of wondering what they had in mind when they imposed that, and why they would have found that necessary. It's a sense of propaganda too. I mean, it it, it what if he was you know would they be cross if he liked something that was pro government or pro what they supported? It comes down to that, as you said before, the differing of ideologies because he was going against the grain, going against the system, going against the world in a sense of what he was doing. They didn't like that and they brought in the capacity to restrict his behaviour. And that's a very damaging thing because God has given us free will. Mm. And as soon as you start restricting people's behaviour for offences that aren't akin to stuff in the Bible... We're restricting the way that they think. It's damaging. It's dangerous. Mm. Because then you're creating robots... You're creating people that are forced to conform to a particular ideology instead of the one that they feel is more necessary to approach. Indeed. Okay, mosquitoes loved my daughter's blood and we had to put a mosquito net over her bed for many years. So well appreciate the value of mosquito nets. May God continually bless their ministry. That was Asian aid. Amen. Yeah, i got to say that a mosquito net is just such a blessing when you are in a mosquito-ridden area to be able to climb under that net and go, yeah, I can hear them buzzing, but they <laughs> can't <safe>. touch me. <laughs> They're on the outside, I'm on the inside. That, that, that segment, that story really puts a lot into perspective of how we live in this world. Yes. And we were talking during the break and I mentioned how my dogs have cleaner drinking water than like 70% of the planet. Yes. They, we, we don't. You know, it really, like I said, it puts things into perspective because you sit there and go, you know, we had floods out at Greta, we've got potholes in the road, it looks like it's been bombed after World War Two. it's absolutely destroyed the road, it's ridiculous. And my neighbours and I complain about it to each other. And then when I stop complaining, I sort of think about it and go, yeah, what about the people with houses washed away, family members who have died, 
lives that have been destroyed. I'm, I'm standing here complaining about potholes on a road. It's like, get over yourself. <laughs> really, really wake up to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's uh, head over to our Bible study now. Um, somebody just texting through here at the end. They had in mind total control over him. I think, I think that's the direction that we are heading. Yeah. It's the direction that we're heading in our world. We've seen it in many different areas where thought is, where, where there is an endeavour to control thought, and that's a very dangerous place to go. Uh, even, even when we look at, you know, okay, so this applies to somebody whose practices I disagree with and are illegal and have been for, you know, a very, very long time. The precedent that it sets, you can just see how it could be used. Yeah, it has the capacity to be far more damaging than your disagreement with this guy's actions yes. and ideology. Absolutely. All right, let's go to John chapter 16. I love these chapters in John 14, 15, 16, 17, some of my favourite chapters in the Bible. That's because if you have a red-letter version, it's mostly red. It's mostly red. It's Jesus talking. You know <laughs> it's right. good. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, go for it. Let's start in uh, John chapter 16, verse 5. Let's read a few verses there. This is from the New Living Translation. But now I am going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate, and there's a note there for comforter, encourager, or counsellor, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Let's let's work our way through the verses that we've uh, been given here as a part of our Bible study this morning. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, and uh, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, the function of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit works in our lives, and with the personhood of the Holy Spirit, which is all important uh, in this subject. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so let's go back to verse five, and we're just going to work this work this you know, one verse at a time. Oh, there's so much I want to say about this already. <laughs> How long have we got for this segment? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm kind of thinking along the same lines, but anyway. Uh, let's take it one verse at a time and let's see how far we can okay. get. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me and not one of you is asking where I'm going. This is interesting. It is so interesting. Didn't Peter just ask? Yes, but the, the apostles have really don't have an idea what's no. going on. And they, they don't ask, but they don't ask. And they don't until Acts. They really don't until Acts. Like they're, uh-huh. they're so... And in, just, there's no understanding here of what's going on because they, they see Christ. They're still stuck in those Jewish ways. They see Christ. It's, it's amazing this, how powerful a preconceived idea can be. Yeah. It, where's this mighty warrior king, this Jewish king that's going to come back and destroy the Roman Empire and bring us back to power? They're still in that mindset of the world, everybody else. Okay, so to put this in a little bit of context, because they have asked, but they haven't asked, uh, if you go back to, to John chapter... 13 verse 33. So this is part of the same conversation. So John 13 verse 33. 
And the Bible says, Dear children, I'll be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. Okay, so Jesus comes to his disciples. He says, look, I'm going away. And it's much the same as what we've got here in verse 5. Yeah, but, but I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you ask me where. So he, he's, he's talking about it. He's, he's going. He's like, I'm on my way. I'm going. I'm going. Even I'm going. Peter was like, I'll go with you. Okay, so let's go to verse 36. <laughs> let's read oh, what it says in verse 36 of 13, chapter 13. 13, verse 36. Okay, verse 13, 36. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. Okay, so didn't Peter just ask where you're going? Here in verse 5, he's like, none of you asking where I'm going. But Peter did, right? Yeah. But he's, he's not he's not understanding. He's thinking of a, an actual physical locational place, not the transcendent understanding of what Christ has to do. Yes. So he's like, okay, are you going to Lebanon or <laughs> Smyrna, Syria <laughs> or Spain? He's maybe. Like, but why can't? I can just follow you. If you're walking somewhere, I can just walk behind you and, and be, I, you know, he's got this idea of not understanding what you're saying because anywhere you go in this world, I, you know, he has that devotion. I would follow you to the ends of the <laughs> earth. But he can't. He's like, I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm fit. I'm just as young and healthy and fit as you are. Where are you going to go that I can't go? Did, didn't he outrun John? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, He's, he's got some good reasons to ask this particular question here, but where is it that Jesus is going when Jesus gives this prophecy? It's certainly not any physical location in this world. No. And you could look at this from two different perspectives. You can look at the perspective of Jesus is going to Calvary, and there's very clearly that Jesus is talking about that here. And you can look at it from a perspective that Jesus is going to heaven, mm. which is also clear that that's what Jesus is talking about. So while we're in chapter 13 there... Sorry, there's also an indication. You've got the extension of Calvary being that time that he's in the grave. Yes. Because that's the place that he's not... Right now, you can you will not follow me to where I'm going because Jesus knows Peter has a greater ministry ahead of him. That's right. He knows there's more for him to do. There's three places he can't go. He can't go to the cross and take the, the, the bearing of the sins. He can't go to the grave. And he can't go to heaven because it's not his time. That sums it up beautifully. <laughs> Why don't you read for us uh, uh, chapter 13? We were at verse 36. Read the next couple of verses there through to the end of the chapter. Uh, 36, verse 37 onwards. But why can't I come now, Lord? He asked. I am ready to die for you. Jesus answered, die for me. I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. Is that the end of the chapter there? That is. Yep. Okay. So, you know, Peter's like, I'll go anywhere. You know, nothing's going to stop me. And Jesus gives this particular answer. Uh, Jesus is also going to give further clarification to Peter when he says, you know, there's coming a time when people will lead you where you don't want to be led and you're going to do things to you that you don't want to be done and basically told him he was going to be crucified as well, which is a kind of heavy thought to live with if you are Peter, sort of, when's that going to happen? and under what circumstances. However, when we look at this passage here, Jesus then goes on in chapter 14, you know, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Amen. And so Jesus is talking about heaven here. He's talking about Calvary. Uh, he's talking about the grave. He's talking about all of these things. This, this is where I'm going in, you know, the next little while. Mm. And so, but they're not getting it. 
Because, you know, then Philip's like, oh, yeah, well, show us the father then. You, know, you haven't shown us the father. They're just You can see when, when Philip asks this question in chapter 14 as, the, as, the, as, as Jesus continues on with this discussion, they totally do not get what Jesus is talking about. And we find it so hard and so frustrating when we are looking at it with the benefit of hindsight. Mm, we have some like, information. Oh, what, what? Just guys, how are you not getting up. it? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you look forward to Revelation. Yeah, there's only one worthy to open the last seal. Yes. Only one worthy. Yes. Yeah, at this point, Jesus is saying, you, you can't do what I'm doing. That's right. You don't have the capacity to undertake the enormity of about what's about to happen. You didn't create the law. You're not sinless. You're not God. You can't fulfill the law. You can't fulfill the law. That's they, the impossibility. And it's massive, but they, they, they're stuck in that old Jewish mindset. And it's, it's through these passages and then later in Acts that they really have that realisation of what transpired. Even mm-hmm. at the cross, even after the cross, they still didn't have the no, understanding. Even no. after Jesus ascended, they're sort of like, well, he's gone. Like, <laughs> what are you doing he now? He was here <laughs> and then he was dead. And then he's back again, and now he's gone. And he said, "We got to, we got to wait around. I guess we'll just wait around." And it's, it's only once the Holy Spirit comes to them, they have the realization. Ah, okay. So once the Holy Spirit comes, which brings us back to what we're reading about in chapter sixteen. Sorry, I butted in. No, that's right. Okay, yeah. so in chapter sixteen, he says, uh, "Where were we?" Verse uh, yes. six and seven. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the comforter won't come. If I do oh. go away, then I will send him to you. Let's, let's think about this for a moment. Did the Holy Spirit not exist in the world at this point? No. Were people not filled with the Holy Spirit? No. Uh, then why does Jesus say this, if I go away, then... If I don't go away, then the Holy Spirit won't come. Because Jesus being there adds so much more to what's going on in the world. He's come to teach and help at that point in time. He's, he, he ends up being the intercessor between us and God. He needs to be there for a period. But that can't just stop. It can't just be, okay, I was here for 30-something years. Cool, I'll see you later. Catch you in heaven when you get there. Peace out, I'm gone. And that's it. And we're left to fend for ourselves. <laughs> because we'll just be lemmings walking off the cliff and running into each other. We need... God to continue that relationship with us. Yes. We need the promptings of the Holy Spirit to help guide our actions, not control us because that's not how it works. It's dangerous. But to be here to help spur us on and provide us with an understanding of what we should be doing. Like I had an amazing experience just to, to, to make this relatable. Back when I was at university in Newcastle years ago, like 15 years ago, and this lady was walking alongside me and she was struggling, a couple of bags in her hand and she's puffing and huffing and trying to get to a bus. And I was, I was walking along, minding my own business, had my headphones on, saw her struggling. I said, oh, do you need a hand? She goes, oh, that's my bus up there. It's about to leave. Grabbed the bags, ran ahead, put my foot in the bus and said, you need to wait. He's like, are you hopping on? I said, no, she is. And he's like, well, I've got to go. I said, mate, you can wait 10 seconds. And she ran along. Oh, thank you so much. If I missed my bus, I couldn't get here. And do-. I'm like, that's fine. There's your bags. See you later. I walked off and I had the most amazingly powerful, happy feeling in my chest, like I could have just flown away. Mm-hmm. And I spoke about it with somebody later on and they went, that's the Holy Spirit. Like the impression of, you know, great job, well done, this is what we need to be, this completely selfless thing. you know. And, and I didn't have a realisation until learning about Christ later on that that's actually what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I look back on it as such a fond memory, something so simple is one of the major memories in my life because of the capacity of the Holy Spirit being there and like that's what we need to be. That's who we need to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
You know, one of the questions that goes through my mind when I read this passage is they've got this picture of Jesus in their minds of being an earthly king who sets up an earthly empire, you know, the, the, the great Jewish empire. And because of that, it's so thoroughly ingrained in their minds that they can't think anything outside of that particular box. Yeah. And the ministry of Jesus is so much bigger than that <laughs> and so much more powerful than that. And it's like, no, forget the Jewish empire. We're going to create an empire for the whole universe right Amen. And uh, would they have ever got past that concept if Jesus had stayed with them? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show right here. We have another question for the quiz. Last one for this morning. Which of the 12 tribes did Jesus descend from? Okay. You got a one in 12 shot here. You do. <laughs> Number to call. <laughs> Number to call is 0491-064-669 or text through your answers. Okay, so that again is... 0491-064-669. And you go in the draw to win two prizes, which are complimentary. The Great Prophetic Books of Daniel and Revelation, which is a study Bible. And also you have a choice between a, an audio version or a book version of Understanding Revelation and Daniel by Mark Finley. Fantastic stuff. All right. 0491064669 is the number to call if you know the answer. We've got uh, Bruce sending a message through here to say that Jesus was relying on the Holy Spirit to communicate what the Father was saying, but while the disciples had the voice of Jesus, they didn't need to be listening as closely to the Spirit's voice, so the Holy Spirit comes closer after Jesus departs. Amen. Well done, Bruce. You've got the God King of the universe. Well, see, that's the thing. They're, we're talking about this during the break. They're so ingrained in the Jewish culture. They're so oppressed by the Romans at the time that they don't understand the enormity of having the God King of the universe walking around with them. Yes. Literally with them. That's right. Even Judas, who was walking with Christ and performing miracles and being a part of that journey, still fell because he was detached to the world so much. It's so true. Uh, before we get right back into our Bible study, do we have anyone that's called through with the theme for the first? We got, we got somebody who picked it. Karen got it. Ah, oh, congratulations, Karen. Can we have those song titles back up on the screen and, let, screen and let's see if you can, uh, well, well, we'll have to reveal the answer to this one. I wonder if it was a petty drop moment where it looked at it and went, oh, really, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> it could it really be that simple. Okay, uh, here comes the songs. It was Grit and Grace, Trust and Obey, Glory and Honour, Softly and Tenderly, Meekness and Majesty, all of those song titles with the word and in the middle. Three word song titles with the word and in the middle. I think producer Shell was just... Uh, having fun. Having fun, sort of got the first couple of down and going, I wonder whether I can do a theme on this. <laughs> Normally, producer Deschel looks at you know the topic of the Bible study or what we're going to talk about, and produces you know songs along those lines. But you did say it was Monday. We're liking to keep it simple today. That's right. So well done to Karen. Extra bragging rights right there. Except for the uh, the Bible study, we're going to go deep in the Bible study because it deserves. Yes, it. we are. All right, let's um, let's get back to our Bible study and let's have a look at. Where do we get up to? Oh, we finished verse 7. Verse oh, okay. So, so there was something, something really interesting that I wanted to bring out here, and that is in relationship to, okay, let's say that Jesus had stayed longer. Mm. 
would they have ever reached the understanding of the priestly ministry of Jesus Christ? Or would they have only ever seen a kingly ministry? Would they only ever have been looking for the next Jewish emperor? I think having him around means they would have constantly relied on him. Yes. Instead of being brave to get out there and be the disciples they needed to be. Yes. And start being the leaders they needed to be. Because if Jesus is there and they're walking around with it, it's sort of like clout. They're walking around like, yeah, I'm walking around with God. How cool is this? Yeah, I'm with Jesus. Yeah, I'm one of his followers. This is awesome. Jesus, what do we do? Jesus, what do we do? Instead, once Jesus is gone, we get to the book of Acts. Peter's walking through the city and that man says to him, I'm, you know, I'm poor. I need gold or silver. And, and the, you know, the iconic line, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. Mm-hmm. Like that was Peter stepping out in faith yes. on his own. Yes. That needed to happen. If Jesus stayed around, I imagine they would have been constantly looking to him like either for validation or an understanding of what they needed to do because they wouldn't want to mess it up. And it's like we all make mistakes in our lives. You've got to go out and you know, take what you know, take the Bible, take the teachings you have and work with it. They would have stuck with constantly looking to Jesus. What do I do next? Help me here. Help me do this instead of... I know what I'm doing. Let's get this happening. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is. I think it's. I think it's a really valid point. You know that we can all relate to because, you know, if we're working in a job and the boss is there, we defer to the boss. It's what we naturally do. And yet, when the boss is not there, and suddenly, you know, we're the most senior person available, then we start making our own decisions. So I, I see a couple of different things here. You know, when Jesus says, "Look, you know, um, I need to go away so that the Holy Spirit can come." Jesus had modelled how to live as a human being through the power of the Holy Spirit. They were relying on the physical presence of Jesus and being able to physically go to Jesus any time they had a question, any time that there was trouble, any time that anything went wrong, you just go to Jesus. It's almost like, it's almost like cheating, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to get the yeah. answer straight uh-huh, away. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. And, and it's almost like you know, kids when kids are growing up, they always go to mum and dad. But there oh, comes no, the no. point. They, they never come to dad. They go to mum. You, know, you, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. Wait till they turn twelve, and that'll all reverse. <laughs> they go to mum for the first twelve years. They go to dad for the next for the teen years. Yeah. Good. Good. Looking forward to it. Yeah. It'll all change. Don't worry. Um, but having Jesus there physically was a detriment to the ongoing their ongoing capacity spiritual of ministry. Yeah, growth yeah. and walk. Yeah. Hundred percent. The other thing that I see here is that you know they've got this they've got this ingrained desire to have you know the, the Jewish empire and for Jesus to be king and for Jesus to rule the world and they can see that there's going to be a great rulership because he's going to be you know a king of love and and all this kind of stuff and so they they're very keen about this and they're very keen about getting rid of the Romans and the Roman oppression Right up until the crucifixion, they don't understand what's going on on the cross. There's only two people there that actually figure out what's going on on the cross. One is the thief. It's like, wow, how did he figure it out? And uh, he, he's, he's in the middle of excruciating pain. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's in the process of dying and he suddenly realises, wait a minute. This is Jesus, real. Jesus is not going to become the next Jewish emperor. Jesus is actually redeeming me from my sins right now. There's a there's a bigger play here. Yeah. 
Yeah, the, he's the biggest. <laughs> he sees what's going on. I mean, how did he see that? Was it a direct revelation of the Holy Spirit? Did he connect the dots with the sanctuary services? Jesus is the Lamb of God. You know, we kind of look back on it and like, well, of course he saw that. That's obvious. How could he not see it? But the disciples who had spent three and a half years with Jesus, they couldn't see it. They were devastated. You've got the other person there that's even more bizarre. It is so strange. Is the centurion. Yep. Who makes Truly a, con- a, a Christological confession God. that Jesus is the Son of God yep. right there, one of the great Christological confessions of the New Testament. You know, you've got the one of Peter, you've got the one of uh, Mary Magdalene, no, Martha, and you've got the one of the centurion. You can imagine, too, that he's, he's looking up, he's seeing everything happening, and he's like, oh, oh I've messed up. What have I done? Like, you know, not realising it had to happen, but in his mind he's That's like, right. oh, this this really was the son of God. <laughs> I mean, he's <laughs> acting under orders yeah, as, you know, as you do. But, but the realisation of the depth of what's happened, uh-huh. what he's been a part of, hits him so hard. Yes. And it's such an iconic line. It is. It is. All right, so we've got uh, we've got all of this taking place here and so we can see a lot of reasons why Jesus is like, look, it's going to be beneficial for you to for you that I go away. If I go away, you're going to be able to stand on your own two feet. If I go away, you're actually going to get what's going on here. And it's the only way that I can explain it because I've tried to explain it in, you know, plain Aramaic and you're not understanding it. Parables and stories and Parables, examples stories. and healings, everything that he's done. Maybe even tried it in Greek. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, you know, it's still at a point where Peter's like, but you, know, but you won't die. You can't die. Yeah. You're the Messiah. That's right. He's just not there. No. Like, okay, here's the solution. I'll die, then I'll come back for a bit, and then I'll go away, leave you guys on your own, and then you'll be able to understand it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Matthew's Begats. That was a fun song. Kind of goes with our quiz. Like, if you didn't have the answers... You should now. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen closely to the song, you will have the answers now. All right, let's have some. Let's 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 cover the answers for our quiz. Let's cover those answers. Okay, first question: Matthew's genealogy of Jesus begins with what person? That is great, 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 great grandfather Abraham. Second question: Matthew's genealogy of Jesus also included a woman that tricked her father-in-law into sleeping with her. What was her name? And it was Tamar. Matthew's genealogy of Jesus included five women, but one of them isn't named, but they're simply referred to as the wife of, what was her name? Bathsheba. Who was the son of Boaz and Ruth in Matthew's genealogy of Jesus? And that's Obed. And which of the 12 tribes did Jesus descend from? And it's the tribe of Judah. All right. That's it. So if you... You got all those answers correct. Congratulations. Go in the draw to win Understanding Daniel and Revelation by Mark Finley and book or audio book. Take the audio book. And there's also a great prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation study Bible to complement that. The numbers, well, we don't need the numbers because they're already submitted. That's right. They're done. No but just more. for reference sake. If you want to just text us a comment or a Yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys or, or a question of the day. Say, hey, that uh, that talk before on Book of John was great. Text in 0491-064-669. All right, it is now time for... Question of the day. It took a couple of readings, but I now get the context. Okay, question of the day. Please explain why Jesus needed his father to give him the revelation in Revelation 1.1 in order to give it to an angel who then gave it to John. 
Okay, so this is an interesting passage uh, that actually bends over backwards to explain itself. And I don't know that we have time to go through all of the details right here, but the book of Revelation begins with this phrase right here, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, so this is the revealing of Jesus Christ. The next line says, which God gave to him, or gave unto him, uh, to show to his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And so the question here is, okay, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ or is this the revelation of God? Yeah, why did he need to give it to Jesus in order yes. to, if it's his own revelation? Because if, if, if God created, sorry, if the Father, let's say that God is the Father here, if the Father created the book of Revelation, then isn't it the revelation of the Father? Mm. So who actually created it right here? Who originated it? Which one is it revealing? Is it the revealing of the Father or is it the revealing of Jesus Christ? The only way you can have it as the revealing of Jesus Christ is if this is Jesus Christ revealing himself. Amen. But is it also the Father revealing himself? Absolutely it is. And this is where you find it is explained. When you go down a couple of verses here, it says this in verse 4 and 5, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace and peace be unto you from him which was, is, and is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ. And so the book of Revelation here, the Bible says, comes from three people. Those three people being him which was, is, and is to come, and the seven spirits, which is another way of saying the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ. The word and delineates that there are three different people here. So let's work our way backwards. We have Jesus Christ. We know who that is. That's the second person of the Godhead. Yep. We have the Holy Spirit, the seven spirits. You've got you know, the candlestick, the seven-branch candlestick, candlestick singular, seven branches, seven different aspects of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah chapter 11 and verse uh, 1 and 2, giving you those seven different aspects of the Holy Spirit. So you've got uh, one Holy Spirit, seven different aspects. So you've got Jesus, you've got the Holy Spirit, by a process of default, who is the one which was, is, and is to come? God, the Father. That's the Father. And so you've got the Bible clearly says that this book comes from the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Son. So you've got a passage in verse 1 that seems a little bit worded strangely to begin with. And it's almost like God's like, okay, this is an interesting one. You know, it's worded a little bit interestingly. So just in case you are confused as to who the author is, is this the revelation of Jesus or is this the revelation of the Father, let me, let me expound on this for you. It comes from the Father, it comes from the Holy Spirit, and it comes from the Son, three distinct persons of the Godhead right there, which makes it very significant because there are few places in the Bible where you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all mentioned working together at the same time. Those would be the creation of the world, the baptism of Jesus, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, and the writing of the book of Revelation. That means this book is incredibly significant. Amen. Of course, as you go through the day, spend some time with Jesus and spend some time in Bible study by yourself. There's no substitute for it. Do not forget to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Until we meet again at Jesus' feet.
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.